ladies and gentlemen, it's no secret that I'm into astrology and the secret is out. So ephemeris, who creates astrological talismans of your birth chart, um, reached out to me and they are sending me a little talisman, which is a necklace, uh, black and silver with a little engraving on it that says the kingdom of heaven is within you. And um, what you need to make the talisman is the date, time, and location of your birth. If you don't have your birth, that's not a problem. You can still create an accurate abbreviated chart. Um, the charts come in black and silver, black and gold, and black and rose gold. They're made in the United States. Over 17,000 orders have been placed on Ephemeris. To go to Ephemeris and order your talisman, go to www.ephemeris.com. That's www.ephemeris.com. Check them out. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of uh, Esoteric Gladiator. I am your host, Jeremy Lipsy, and today I wanted to talk about conspiracy theorists and their role and what is going on today. And I'm going to, of course, I'm going to sidetrack on other topics. You guys know how ADD I am and how I jump around left and right and all over the fucking place. Um, But I... I wanted to give you a brief overview of my life. Just it's going to be brief, okay? I'm just I'm going to I'm just going to fast track it because I want to make a point with what it's about, okay? So, I grew I was born in Glendale, California in a shitty little house. Uh I was born at Kaiser down in Glendale and uh I lived in in Glendale with my parents till I was about 4 years old. I still remember I have sharp memories of when I was about two to four years old. I remember them clear as day. I'm not one of those people. I mean, sure, I forget things here and there, but I, I, a lot of people don't remember anything about their childhood. I remember a lot. Um, so from there, we moved to Burbank, Burbank, North Hollywood border. And uh, I, from four to about uh, 15... That's where I lived. My childhood, I've talked about this before. I love my father dearly. I admire him. I look up to him. He's a great man. But as a child, he was a drunk and a drug addict, and he was very abusive. And uh, I don't regret a bit of it. Uh, You know, like, he tried to apologize to me a couple years ago, and I told him, hey, Dad, how about if you let me thank you for the way that you raised me because you raised a wolf instead of a sheep. And I don't ever want to hear you apologize to me again. I don't regret it. You know, uh, your dad treated you worse than you treated me, and you had the the, uh, the heart to go and take care of him in his older age. What kind of a scumbag do I look like not forgiving you? For, you know, you didn't raise me as harsh as your dad raised you. You did me a favor, and I'm grateful for it. So you're not going to hear any victim shit from me. Poor me, poor my ancestors, poor whatever, like you hear other pussies talking about, um, with all due respect. Um, so, basically, uh, when I was about, and I'm just getting, like I said, this is going to be a fast track. When I was about eight years old, my father was a prop maker, uh, maybe I was seven, uh, seven or eight, uh, he wor- he got a job working on uh, Return of the Jedi, and he was a foreman on that job, 
and uh, which means he was one of the bosses. Um, but he still had to, he still had to do his carpentry because he was such a a great carpenter. Um, and it's really weird because I apply a lot of like my technical skill and tattooing and things like that to just the focus and, and his creativity as well because uh, he's a, he's very creative. You know, by the time he retired from the studios, he was like a master welder and carpenter, and they were like. Everybody wanted him on their on their on their shows because he was just so good at what he did. Um, <clears throat> but uh, what the hell? Uh, he uh, got this job uh, working on Return of the Jedi, and uh, so we got to fly out. You know, we didn't always get to do this when he was on location. We got to do it on a couple of the shows he worked on or movies he worked on. But he flew us out to Yuma, Arizona, and uh, at that point he was working on, on Jabba's Barge. And um, he also got to build a lot of the Ewok Forest. They couldn't figure out how to do this hand railing on Jabba's Barge, you know, the railing that goes around the barge. So my dad masterminded that project. They, they thought they were going to have to do it out of metal. Well, he, master, he masterminded out of wood somehow. And... Um, <clears throat> I remember I got to meet Chewbacca and R2-D2 and C-3PO, and I, I think I met uh, Carrie Fisher. Um, but I got to walk on Jabba's barge. And as a young child, the first three Star Wars, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, played a big part of my childhood, and even young and early adult years, too, right? I remember telling everybody, I want to be a Jedi, I want to be a Jedi. Not in the sense where I thought I was going to be like an actual Jedi, but in terms of how that would apply in this earthly dimension. Uh, so, And if we take a look at life, you look at people like George Soros and Pope Benedict and, and these people, these guys legitimately look like Emperor Palpatine. And, and it's amazing how art imitates life. I was like my buddy sent me this video recently about, you know, the vaccines and, and what they're doing to people and, and how they're they're attacking the immune system the same way AIDS does. And um and then he played this video, everyone has AIDS. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS and I think that was like a, a Matt Stone Trey Parker movie. I don't remember what what show that came from. But um <clears throat> It was like a spoof on that stupid movie Rent, which I had to fucking sit through because one of my ex-girlfriends made me want to watch, and they were all crying, and I was just like, how are you guys crying off this hokey shit? Um, but anyways, everyone has AIDS. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Art is legitimately imitating life, dude. And I also believe that a lot of this shit I was saying to somebody recently a lot, we're going to see a lot of comedy and tragedy and all this stuff. These are spells being cast onto our, um, into our dimension, and now they're opening timelines. They're legitimately coming true, and uh, that's why we all gotta, we all gotta become Jedi's. We all gotta become the wizards we want to be to help affect this reality. So. I'm going to go through a little bit more of my childhood and, and, and early adult and how I'm here now. Um, so 
you know, by 15, um, I'm in and out of jail, and that was a different type of training. That For me, I feel like that had a lot to do with, like, psychological warfare and, like, the physical aspect of my life. Because it was, it was a war in there. Like, the last time I went in, it was to do six months, and I didn't get out for six years. And it was in the gang era in Los Angeles, and, uh, you know, I'm a pale-skinned dude with a lot of energy and a big mouth, and... Thank God my dad got me training Muay Thai for a couple of years before I got locked up because that helped. It didn't help me win all my fights, but it definitely gave me a foundation for how to throw a punch and use an elbow and a knee, which most other motherfuckers weren't doing in there. But I still got my motherfucking ass kicked a lot. Uh, but, hey, I, I, I fought for mine. Um, but that's how six months turned into six years in there. Um was from fighting and riots and group disturbances and shit like that. Um, and, and, and even using weapons and, and manufacturing weapons while I was in there. Um, and tattoo machines. I, I got in trouble for all kinds of shit while I was in there. But that was a, a different kind of training. Now, I learned from childhood. I learned that it was necessary. Fighting bullies, getting in shit with my dad, and, and all this shit in school, getting in trouble with school, because between... You know, kindergarten, third grade, I got good grades. Once I hit fourth grade, I, you know, I started getting D's. By fifth grade, I was getting F's. And from fifth grade to tenth, it was F's, basically. Outside of uh, P.E. and art, I got F's. No bullshit. All F's except for P.E. and art class. <clears throat> and so... And, and that's what I liked. And, and, and it was like I've always been a little bit rebellious. And you guys could probably tell that if you've listened to, you know, my podcast. That, that I just, I don't like the power structure. And we can look at education now and what they're teaching children now and what they didn't teach all of you guys that are listening and how fucked the system was then. If it was fucked then, just it's not surprised that it's fucked now because if the root is bad, the fruit is bad. I read a book by John Taylor Grotto, I believe it was The Dumbing Down of America, and it was about how they, they switched up the curriculum in the 1800s to basically train American people to have a hive mind. But I think John Taylor Grotto wrote a multitude of books on the education system. It's so fucking funny, because I never even graduated from high school. I got a GED, and, and, and though I have to admit, at the end of the day, I don't know shit. I know that I know more than 90% of people around me at all times because I pay fucking attention to my surroundings. And, 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 I, and it's like when, when I debate with a lot of my friends that have fucking college degrees, it's like I'm like all these guys rely on is logical fallacies, but they think they're so fucking intelligent. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, thank God I'm not as stupid as these motherfuckers, right? And these guys have degrees. And I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy, but I always feel like, 90% of the people around me aren't on my level, even though at the end of the day, I don't know shit. I still have infinitely more to learn. But with that being said, fuck the education system. The only thing that they taught me was basic math and English and, and, and lies in history, right? So I milked it for what it was worth. But... uh. Yeah, you know, I wound up in, in, in incarcerated and, and fighting in there, and, and, and that taught me about physical and mental and psychological warfare, right? And then I got out, and 
you know, often I'm being with women, emotional warfare, and, and more mental fucking psychological warfare there. Um, and, uh, you know, watching the government, I, I got red-pilled the day of 9-11. I knew it was an inside job. I'm not going to get into all that. I've got into it before. Uh, but over the years, you know, the training that I had, man, like years of Native American ceremonies and sweat lodges and uh, and EP ceremonies and 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 uh, bear ceremonies and 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 tree ceremonies, pipe ceremonies and and uh, Tomo Chumash ceremonies and and just all that because like I've told you guys before, my grandmother was 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 uh, Native and she was legitimately born on the Sac and Fox Muskogee Indian Reservation and uh, you know. Whatever, she was whitewashed under my grandpa. Uh, but, you know, God bless him. I love him, too. Um, you know, they, my grandparents loved me. But, um, and they played a big part in my life, man. There were a lot of salvation at their house, you know, every weekend being able to stay the night with them to just get away from my fucking dad and, and my family. You know, I, I mean, my sister was a fucking snitch. And, uh, you know, my brother had, you know, special ed problems, and my dad was, he, he reigned with an iron fist, um, and God bless him, and I'm grateful for all that, and my mother, she's never been, you know, like a super affectionate person, she's been very loving, she's been very generous, and, and, and I'm grateful for her too, uh, and we have a great relationship now, I have a great relationship with both of my parents, but as a child, I, I wanted escape, and my grandparents provided that, um, but anyways, um, then eventually at 34, I started having nervous and emotional breakdowns, and it, and it surprised me because I've always been psychic and intuitive, so I would literally feel like I would, I would get so hot, I would want to, like, take my fucking clothes off in the middle of, like, fucking, I could be, like, walking up the street going to get dinner, and, like, I would just have, like, a rush of hot energy. I wouldn't take my clothes off, but I would want to. I would feel like I was melting, dude. And I would feel panicky. And because I've always been somewhat psychic and intuitive, I thought some shit was going to happen. When I was in jail, before a riot would kick off, I could legitimately feel it two to five minutes before it would happen. I'd be like, something just doesn't feel right in this day room right now. And then, lo and behold, the riot would kick off. Um, <clears throat> but nothing would happen at 34 during these, what I call, nervous breakdowns. And I and I eventually I started saying, okay, well, nothing's happening. Like, this has to be some clinical problem, right? Because when I was a kid, they had me on Ritalin from 7 to, to 17, which is why I believe I have liver problems now, you know. Um, and, and, and when I got older, you know, when I tried speed back then or meth, whatever you want to call it now, back then it was called speed, it legitimately felt like Ritalin. So basically I was on meth from fucking 7 to 17, and meth, I believe in Greek or uh, Hebrew, means death, so death amphetamines, they had me on fucking death amphetamines for fucking 10 years of my life, right, which is why I think my liver is jacked up now, and believe me, I ain't eating a ton of sugar, yeah, I eat fruit and shit like that, every once in a while I have a piece of chocolate or dark chocolate, um, but it's usually always organic and fair trade and things like that. I take care of my health for the most part. I exercise, I fast a lot, which I'll get into. But um, anyhow, um, 
when I got at 34 and I started having these nervous breakdowns, I was like, there's got to be something clinically wrong. Maybe I have post-traumatic stress disorder from the life I lead. You know, grow up fighting, you know, your father and bullies and you're going to fucking jail for years. And so I took two online tests on different websites and it turned out I had every, basically every symptom for uh, PTSD. And so um, I looked up naturopathic treatments for that. So this was what, I'm, I'm 46 now, this is when I was 34, um, and it was uh, almost exactly 11 years ago, um, and uh, so what I, uh, what I did was, is I looked up naturopathic treatments, and at that point I hadn't been smoking weed or, you know, drinking or anything. I, I went through a lot of periods of sobriety on myself, right, but... I also went through a lot of years of smoking weed and drinking, um, and uh, not heavy drinking. Uh, sure, I got drunk. Sometimes I threw up or whatever, but I didn't drink all the time, uh, but I smoked pot nonstop. So it said the best natural treatment for PTSD was weed, and now before I started smoking weed again at that point, I was scared. I was like, fuck, man, I feel like I'm going to just get depressed and paranoid if I do that again, and it might agitate these symptoms, but fuck it, I'll try it. And I did, and for the first month, it helped, but after about a month, I started getting depressed and paranoid again, and that didn't work. And then for a couple more months, I dealt with this shit, and it, it had magnified and intensified in, in severity, uh, because I didn't know uh, what I was suffering from. And uh, eventually... I lost my job, I lost my girlfriend, my grandma died, and, and I was just stuck in this fucked up, repetitive cycle of misery, depression, anxiety, and fear. And I knew I needed to do something, but I didn't know what to do. And, uh, you know, I literally was in the middle of a nervous breakdown and I got a phone call from my friend. I got a phone call from my friend, Terrence. And uh, he said, and I was like, well, what's up, man? I've been trying to get a hold of you because, uh, you know, he had some ganja. He was, he was growing and I, I wanted to get in on that. And uh, he said, whoa, man, you, you don't sound like you're doing so well, this and that. And uh, I was like, I'm not. Da, 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 da. And I told him, he's like, well, that's why I'm calling, bro. I uh, just got done doing this Vipassana meditation, and you were one of the first people I thought about. And I was like, oh, bro, I was like, and I had heard about Vipassana before, years before. And I was like, bro, I was like, bro, you got to give me all the information on that. I want to do it. I wanted, I, I heard about it years ago, but I was terrified of it. But I knew back then, 10 days of silence, that has to, you know, 10 days of silence and meditation. There has to be some type of powerful uh, effect from that. And I'm talking about, I had heard about this seven years before, six years before. And, and when I had first heard about it, when I was like 28, 29, it sounded powerful to me. And now I have the opportunity. He's like, I'll give you all the information. Well, two weeks later, now it's, it's hard. You can't get in on two weeks' notice unless it's in the boonies somewhere, um, now, yeah, it's like two to three months out if you want to go do it, um, 
and you gotta have a vaccine passport and all this other liberal bullshit that these fucking cucks that took over this. It's every time white people take over some shit, they gotta politicize it. It's gotta be politically correct, dude. So, you know, I'm grateful for uh, what I got from Vipassana. I've done 30 days of silence at this point, but, uh, you know, fuck the power structure of that. And a lot of the people, they become cult-like and they become robotic and they have no personality and they're, act- they're mean, they're assholes, right? They're emotionless. And, and, and it's a power structure and they act elitist in there and they turn people away because they did different yoga practices or because they did drugs when they were younger. And, but the initial creation of Vipassana was the Buddha's ceremony of enlightenment and, 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 and healing the mind. And Goenka, you know, popularized it globally, and he did an amazing thing. And these fucking Western scumbags, these fucking liberal cucks, have just destroyed this, you know, the, the opportunity of, uh, you know, this ceremony in a lot of ways, you know. So, fuck them. Thank you, Goenka. Um, but I got to go do this. And I know, I know, a lot of people don't like the way I talk. I don't really give a shit if you don't like it the way I talk. It's, it's, it's like, that's why I like David Goggins so much. The guy had such a powerful mes- message, and I've been cussing and offending people for years, and, and he just doesn't give a fuck. And it, and, it, and it just, it put me in my fucking power. Like, fuck the pussies that can't handle what I say, okay? So, you know, and, and I've gotten in trouble on other podcasts and shows for the way I talk. And, 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 and I will try and honor and respect people if they ask that of me. But on my fucking platform, I talk how I want to talk. And in general, I don't like the political correct shit, right? If words hurt you, you're a dead man walking when shit goes wrong, okay? So I go and I do this 10 days of, of meditation. And by the seventh day, and I'm talking about I had 20 years of repetitive nightmares every night for over 20 years. From about 11 years old till 34 years old. About 23 years of nightmares. Non-stop. By the seventh day of Vipassana, which is you meditate for an hour at a time with five to ten minutes in between each meditation outside of breakfast, which is, I believe, an hour, and lunch, which is an hour, and dinner, which is an hour. You are meditating you have the opportunity to meditate from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. every day. So I took that opportunity and I chose to meditate from 7 to 11 hours a day the first time I went there. The second Vipassana 10 days, I meditated religiously for 10 and a half to 11 hours a day for those 10 days straight. You don't get to talk. You don't get to read. You don't get to write. You don't get to go on your phone. You are there to meditate and meditate strictly. And like I suspected when I had first heard about it, the effects were powerful. Because by the seventh day, I was having flying dreams again. The nightmares were were leaving. I wasn't having them anymore. And I remember leaving there. And you're not allowed to talk that, 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 that whole time except for the last day. And I remember leaving there. And I kept up with an hour, hour and a half meditation a day. I kept up with that practice. And I did that for about nine months straight, religiously, every day. 
and then I fell off, and then I went to another three-day, and I got back into it. But by the by about 30 days after, I realized, oh, my God, I legitimately feel joy again. I haven't felt this since I was a child. It's like I was seeing the world through through the color red for years. And this red lens got removed from my eyes. And I started to see color again. I started to hear better. My, my senses got sharper. And another thing that, that happened was, is, yeah, I still drank and I smoked a little bit of weed here and there, but not really, not much at all. And over the last 11 years, I've gone through my bouts with it here and there, or tobacco here and there, but I've spent the majority of the last 11 years in a sober mind state. And for the last two and a half years, I haven't touched anything. I did, uh, I did, I did that ketamine uh, therapy thing, and I'm, I don't regret that at all. And I would drink ayahuasca again right now, or do peyote, or, or, or anything, because I'm scared of shit like that, and I like to face my fears. But, um... For the most part, I've been I've been sober, right? Um, and uh, that was powerful. And and then like you know, it was really weird because that's when I started to believe in actual magic and the arcane, right? I, I actually started to realize, holy fuck, I am a Jedi. The, the, the Force is real, right? I, I don't believe that I can't. This is my only lifetime. I believe that this is. This is a conglomerate of multiple lifetimes that I'm in an extremely old soul, which is why I retain specific types of information, because that's what I've unlocked within my DNA, which has always been there, because I've been here for lifetimes. And I am channeling the wisdom of my ancestors, and I am just channeling the wisdom of the ancients, because I was at one point an ancient. I was a master builder. I was an architect. I was a true fucking mason and wizard in past lives. But I also spent lives as slaves and gladiators and and warriors and thieves and bandits and all this shit. And all these archetypes are alive and well in my life today. And a lot of it I have to check and I have to remember. You don't want to go back into that lifetime or that timeline. I, I, I might be losing some of you guys, but I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm going to keep rambling, because, Lord, I was born a rambling man. And speaking of which, yesterday I drove from Texas through Oklahoma into Kansas. And right now I'm just outside of Wichita, Kansas, um, on my way to Minnesota. So, you guys know I'm a modern-day gypsy. I'm a motherfucking, a fucking American pikey. That's right, I want to fucking train Muay Thai boxing and, and I travel around the country in my fucking caravan. Um, so I am a legitimate American pikey, and uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm, go- I'm going up to uh, Minnesota to train with my buddy for a week before I take off to Alaska to go tattoo for three weeks. And uh, my life is it's on the road right now. And um, I was thinking about it, man. Like, how many people do I know? I had a legitimate business in Washington where I was making... You know, fifteen to twenty-five hundred dollars a week, legitimately, right? How many people you know in the middle of a fucking lockdown pandemic, with, with the world crumbling, are gonna close their business down, pack their shit up, have 
And believe me, I haven't been tattooing that much. Everybody thinks I'm tattooing on the road a lot. I have been tattooing, but I haven't. I haven't been making a lot of money. I've basically paid for my fucking gas since I left Washington eight months ago, right? That's basically all I've done. I've paid for my fucking gas. Um, but uh, how many people you know are going to close their shit down and have faith in, in, in God and themselves that they're going to be able to do some shit, right? Because, hey, it's been scary. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But it's also been empowering. It's also been invigorating and, and, and fucking exciting and incredible. And I don't regret closing my business down and doing what I'm doing. Because every time I settle somewhere, it's an upgrade. Something, something amazing happens. And as a true motherfucking Jedi, I know one door closes, three more open. And I ain't talking about the last fucking Star Wars movies, Jedi. I'm talking about the first three episodes, fucking Jedi. When Jedi's actually meant some shit before they were fucking LGTB and politically correct, right? I'm talking about real bare-bones Jedi's, right? So, um, yeah, man. Uh, shit, I'm rambling. Good, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, and, uh, so... That fucking meditation was training, right? That was like, that was like me harnessing the force, right? Me, me, me harnessing the force and me walking on Jabba's barge at eight years old. It was like me, like, me unlocking this fucking bounty hunter criminal fucking side of myself, this young you know, <clears throat> side of myself, this this uh, this disenfranchised youth side of myself, because you know of 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 the the harshness of my childhood, which would end me up in the fucking dungeons and and, and shit like that, and then and then get out and then start harnessing this uh, this this Jedi energy that that um that I knew existed on this earthly plane. And, uh, so, um, then I got, I moved to Hawaii and, um, I started, I started doing organic farming on a larger scale. Like I got lucked out and I got in with some dudes that were like into Victor Schauberger and Rudolf Steiner and, and they were farming by the cycles of the moon and using copper tools and using the best soil ingredients. And, um, and just really taught me just the art and mastery of how to approach and deal with these plants and herbs. And I talk through my mind and fingers with these plants. And I would talk out loud to these plants and tell them I love them and how grateful I was. And please share your wisdom with me and, 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 and all that. And, um, I did that for five years on the side of tattooing. It was work with plants and landscaping and helping out arborists. And, and um, when I was in jail, I was a landscaper. I, I did landscaping in jail. Um, and I, I loved it. And um, when I was in jail, it was me and everybody else was Mexican and one black guy. And there was like 10 of us. And everybody, there's eight, eight Mexican dudes, a, uh, a pale skinned dude, because I'm mixed nationality. Um, but I'm pale skin. I, I, I look like a dark haired, dark eyed white guy. Um, and I honor that. Um, I don't have any problem with that. 
Um, and then there was a black beetle. Uh, but I, I, I love plants. And when I left Hawaii, I remember thinking, and, and I also, when I was in Hawaii, I, I did paddling on the ocean for, for I want to say about eight months of, of my time there. And I did a lot of barefoot hiking and drinking out of the, you know, there's reservoirs that come like natural springs that come out of the rocks on these islands. And I did a lot of drinking of the water out that and barefoot hiking and connecting with nature and meditating in nature and meditating by the ocean and, and, and really embracing in nature while I was there. And, um, you know, I, I gained a lot from that. And then when I left Hawaii, I remember I, 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 I came back to, to the continental U S the mainland as they call it. And, um, I uh, I, w- I remember being upset, thinking like, man, I spent all this time in nature, and and I and and I felt so sad because I didn't feel like the the plants had had really spoken back to me. And I was, man, I spoke to you guys the whole time I was there, and, and why didn't you guys? And I started to almost doubt my intuitive, mystical side, and uh, and I knew I needed to go back to Vipassana. So I I went to Twenty Nine Palms, and I did another ten day. And and then I offered to stay for three days to do landscaping around their facility because it really needed it, and and that's what I did. And so I stayed an extra three days to help to, to you know do the landscaping. And I just got to admit, like I said before, the people running it were fucking assholes. They were just fucking robots, fucking just just politically correct fucking robots dude and uh man if you know some of the side effects the vaccines and that's what they're pushing there now is a lack of connection with the most high that's what they're going for they want the lack of connection with god and i'm talking to people that have gotten the vaccine and they say i pray but i just i don't feel like i connect connect to god yeah because they targeted a specific part of your body your mRNA, which is your DNA, which is the information from the most high. They targeted that in these vaccines. But I think a lot of these people had that disconnect to begin with, right? So, um, you know, all the, all these fucking scumbags gave me uh, attitude. And I was just like, whatever, dude. Fuck you guys. I was like the hardest worker you guys had when I did the serving period. And and now and I'm the only worker that stayed back to help you guys out. You guys are still being scumbags. Like fuck you guys. Um so anyhow, uh after I did that ten day again, it came to me. Holy shit. The whole time I was on these islands, the Aina. The whole time I was on the Aina, the plant, the Aina spoke to me. It taught me natural law. I learned natural law from my trip to Hawaii. And and bam, what was that? That was that was me in the Dagobah system with Yoda. I was in the Dagobah system. That's what Hawaii was. And jail, that was that was Tatooine. That was Jabba right there. Right? Jail was Jabba. That was Tatooine. So now we fast forward 
to my travels and, and just a lot of the things I've doing, like lately being in breath work and last year and a half doing a lot of breath work. And lately I've been doing things outside of Wim Hof. I've been, I've been doing other, like Breath of Fire and other things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and, and ice plunges and, and, you know, saunas and all the things that I do to challenge my faculties, uh, you know, it's like, shit, I am a fucking Jedi. And, and, and I honor and I and I acknowledge that and and because I know words are worlds and if I say it I mean it. When I tell somebody I'm going to do something or when I tell somebody I'm going to be there, I show up. If you're three states away and I tell you I'll be there in two weeks, I might get there a day or two early. You never know. If I'm a day or two late, I got a good reason why I didn't make it on time. Um, but if I say it, I mean it, right? And and, and I trust me. I trust if I say I ain't getting the jab, I ain't fucking doing it. You could show up with an army of dudes. They're going to beat me to death. Hey, let the beating begin. I'm going down swinging, player. Um, I, I trust my word. Right? I trust my word. And I know a lot of people that trust my word. Because there's a lot of people that listen to this that know my word is my bond. So, um, as far as the conspiracy movement goes, the conspiracy movement is the Jedi movement. And we are fighting the fucking, uh, the evil empire. And that's what we are doing. And there's not a lot of Jedis left. There's not a lot of people that are willing to pick up that lightsaber and fight these motherfuckers. Right? And, and the lightsaber is the microphone. You look at the lightsaber and you look at a microphone. They're very similar looking. And that's my lightsaber right there. That's, that's one of my lightsabers. It's, it's, it's to tell you guys the truth or what I perceive as the truth. And, 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 and if people snap back on me and they want to tell me I'm wrong and I'm wrong, I honor that and I admit it. I want to know the truth. And if I'm wrong, I want to know that I'm wrong. Because at the end of the day... It's all about love, healing, and truth. My new kick since I was in Texas, which was, you know, I went in there about three weeks ago, I started doing every other day fast. I fasted 10 days while I was in Texas. Water fasted. I drank a lemon on those days too, and I was allowed herbal tea. Nothing that would remove me from a fasted state though. I wasn't allowed to get out of what ketogenic people call ketosis, which is really autophagy, which is your body cleansing itself of dead or dying cells. Um, and, um, you know, I've, I've noticed a lot of benefit from uh, just those 10 days of fasting. I was, I was having, like, a huge problem with mucus and, 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 and the buildup. Of, I'm waking up every morning and hacking for, like, 20 to 30 minutes every fucking morning fitting and just and it was and I knew something was wrong and I I didn't know what to do and then I was like bro you've been you've been you've been avoiding the water fasting it's time to get back into that and uh so I've, I've been on it militant style and um you know I'll do like a 36 hour water fast 38 hour water fast and I'll eat for 10 to 12 hours for a day and then I'll fucking that night I'll go to sleep wake up fast that whole day sleep that night and 36 hours has passed um, and, uh, 
yeah, man, um, the mucus is gone. I'm sleeping better. I'm getting deeper sleep. I'm having deeper dreams. Um, my sugar cravings have gone down. Um, and, uh, you know, my discipline for what I eat is, is excelled. I just discipline in general, man. It's like you have to do something to cultivate your discipline, man. This year, I, I think I've said it on the podcast, is every year we have a specific number numerologically for that year. This year for me is a seven year. The seven year is the God number. Seven days in a week. Seven planets rule those days. Like Saturday is Saturn day. Sunday is Sunday. Monday is Moon day. I believe Thursday is Mars. Uh, I think uh, Wednesday is Venus. I know I could be wrong. It's seven days. There's also a metal that applies to each one of those days, each one of those planets. There's also seven sacred colors in the rainbow, right? You got yellow, you got orange, you got red, you got purple, you got violet, you got blue, and you got green. Those are the seven colors. You also have seven chakras with each one of those seven colors, right? So seven, and in the Native Native American culture, you have the seven directions, right? So, um, seven is God's number, and that is universal throughout all cultures and civilizations. This year, for me, is a seven number in numerology, and it has been. It's not a year for me to be making all kinds of money. Next year is an eight year for me. Eight is a number associated with finance. That's when I'm hustling, I'm doing shit, and I'm breaking my back to make money and and to, to do my shit to get shit cracking. This year, if you are not sound in spirit, good luck making money and doing good shit with it, you'll wind up like fucking George Soros or some other fucking scumbag who cheats on his wife and beats his kids. But he makes all this money, so he's amazing, right? Because that's what our civilization, uh, you know, they love to talk about how amazing, you know, uh, our civilization is with, you know, because you make a bunch of money. But it, you can make a shit ton of money and be a piece of shit. But now, you know, that's what it is. Is, you know, finances. You need to cultivate your spirit, dude. So, I've been doing a lot of every other day fasting. It's been helping me out a lot in a lot of ways, and I'm going to continue that because I've had less digestive problems as well in the last two weeks. I still have some liver pains and stuff like that, but eventually what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and do an 11 to 2 week, 11 day to 14 day water fast and really cleanse my organs out. Uh, Unfortunately, I can't do that right now. Uh, I don't have a place to land for a period of time. When I go to Alaska, I can't do that. I can do an every other day fast. I'm going to Alaska to work because I, I've, you know, I had about 20 grand when I left uh, uh, Washington. Unfortunately, now I'm down to about five or six grand, and I need to I need to resupply a little bit of money so I can continue my uh, my journey because I'm not yet ready to. There hasn't been a place yet that has 
struck me as, oh, this is the place where I need to settle, right? So I'm just still in gypsy mode. And let me tell you guys, you know, I had a brief setback in Los Angeles. I was stuck there for about three months. Um, when I look back on this, on this uh, journey, it's been epic the last eight months. I left Washington on Halloween Day, right? Hallow's Eve, which is normally a day of where the, the occult, they do all this dark shit, and, you know, they destroy lives. For me, I left that day to renew my life, right? And also to help others renew theirs because through my, my, the process of my life, I'm trying to share, share my experiences with other people, right? I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. What I'm saying is, is I've chosen to do this, to open my life up and, and open my experiences up and share that with other people and hopefully touch other people's lives and help them, you know, see new things, right? And share that. And, and, and that's because other people did that for me. And, and uh, you know, I wanted to give back in some way. And from Washington, I tattooed at my buddy's shop for uh, a couple of weeks in uh, Tacoma, and uh, it was awesome. Uh, and then I went from there, I went to uh, Oregon, um, just outside of Portland and Tigard, and it was fucking awesome. And we went to the hot springs, and, you know, I meditated with my friends out there every morning. We did breath work, and, and, and um, I think we went, went out dancing and shit, uh, and, uh, you know, to, like, like electro music. And, um, and from there, I went down to Arizona, and then me and my dad took off to New Mexico to go to Chaco Canyon, which is an ancient, one of the oldest, uh, one of the oldest southwest monolithic structures in America, and it uh, is, is a site from the Anasazis, the Hopis, the, the Mexica, and even they speculate the Lakota, they did a lot of trading through there, um, but uh, we went to Chaco Canyon, and we also went to the Petrified Forest in New Mexico, and let me tell you guys, a lot of these mountains that are around the world, they sure as fuck look like gigantic petrified tree stumps. So if you guys want to look into, uh, you know, uh, gigantic trees, the tree of life, which has gone through every civilization, every civilization has talked about the tree of life from the Nordic to the Hopis to the Incas and the Mayans to uh, the, the Hebrews, they all talk about the tree of life. You start looking at these, these giant mountain tree stumps, and you'll see some really weird shit. They look like petrified trees. Uh, Devil's Tower is a good example of that. Um, and then uh, from there, I went to go do a podcast with my buddy Steve Marmarco. He's, he's on here out in Bisbee. I did a, a Magic Kenny Bang Bang. He's a, he's a magician. Uh, he, does, he does tricks. He's, I did a podcast with him on here. And then I did a tarot podcast on here with, I forget the girl's name, but, you know, it was a tarot reading on, on the podcast in Bisbee, Arizona. Bisbee was fucking amazing. I drove four hours out of my way to go see my buddy. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to backtrack this and that. I was like, you got to do it. Something told me to do it. And plus, I wanted to see my friend Steve and do an actual live podcast because he's came on the podcast twice now. But in the second time, we got to do it face-to-face. And uh, I felt like I kind of owed that to him because I was in Arizona, so I drove four hours on my way to Bisbee, did 
didn't regret it. Was only going to stay a night. Bisbee was so amazing. I stayed two nights, and then I drove four hours back. And I don't regret that driving eight hours uh, out, of, out of my way to go to Bisbee, Arizona. It was fucking incredible. Um, and um, what else did I do? Hung out with my mom in Goodyear, Arizona, and we always have a good time. And then I, uh, I was going to drive from there. I was going to drive straight to Texas. But I got a call from my friend Brandon. Uh, he does the podcast Trash Can Cut, um, and uh, he's out in, in San Diego, and he he's doing Showers for Humanity. If you guys don't know about Showers for Humanity, they go around in a giant trailer, and it's, I believe it's a six- to eight-person shower stall in the trailer, and they shower the homeless, and they feed the homeless, and, and barbers show up, and they provide haircuts for the homeless. And he told me about Showers for Humanity, and... Um, I was like, man, I got to go out and I got to help these guys out with them. So I went back to, to California and I was able to go out there and help him with that <coughs> um, a few times and, and see my family in Los Angeles. And then I had this horrible experience with, with my dental. I had gold teeth and, and the gold teeth got infected and I had to get those ripped out of my fucking mouth. And just, it was a fucking nightmare. All in all, I spent basically six grand to line up with this fucking huge hole in my mouth. And I had to get on all these antibiotics, multiple rounds of antibiotics, and it was a fucking nightmare. And, and, and pain pills, and, and, and I never take shit like that. And it just fucked my whole, my whole system up. Not only did it fuck my whole system up, I got depressed, and, and just, I just felt fucking horrible, man. And th that's why I wound up doing that, that, um that ketamine journey because I was just fucking miserable and um and it really affected my liver and kidneys again and and um so I'm still working out hard I'm still doing my shit but uh, I have been a little bit more uncomfortable and um but you know that's what this, this fasting's about um and I stayed in LA for a few months but I don't regret it you know I, I, for the most part I was in very comfortable settings. My sister had a really nice house in West Hollywood, and then they moved to Burbank to a really nice house. And, and you know, I got to do a couple of podcasts out there with the, the empath of least resistance, Andy Hardy. Um, I went on New York Patriots podcast. We did, you know, a couple of shows, the um, subconscious realms. And, um, you know, I don't regret it, man. I... I'll, I'll tell you what, when I left L.A., and I did go back and forth to San Diego to see my buddy a few times. When I left L.A., I was really, really happy as soon as I got in Arizona at my mom's house in Goodyear. And then um, we hung out for a few days, and I went to see my dad. And then me and my dad went on a fishing, uh, hiking trip through uh, the Grand Canyon uh, on the Colorado River. And uh, we camped out, I think it's called Horseshoe Bend. It's one of the most famous photograph sites of the Grand Canyon. I camped in that very spot with my father. And, um, you know, uh, that was an incredible experience, being in the middle of, of those mountains and just looking up at, like, these massive, like, 1,000, 2,000-foot-high fucking walls above you. It's fucking insane. Absolutely incredible, um, and um, so powerful. Um, 
and uh, the water was nice and cold. We were able to, I met some guys there that wanted to do, they were talking about Wim Hof, and then I interjected, and I, and I was like, let's do it. Let's do these breathing exercises, and I got them to go in the water with me, and we, we sat in the water for like three to five minutes, and uh, you know, we did our cold plunge, and um, you know, from there, I took off through New Mexico, and I got to go to, uh, what the hell is the name, Santa Fe, which is a really awesome, awesome city, and I did a podcast with, I forget the girl's name, uh, I had her on, we, we just randomly met there, um, and uh, yeah, freaking Santa Fe was epic, um, <clears throat> and I got to camp in these really, you know, because I have this, this app on my phone called Campendium, and I look up like rest stops and, and campsites like that I get to stay in and I got to stay in like three really awesome campsites and you know throughout New Mexico and and they were relatively cheap and then I wound up in Texas with my buddy Frankie who's a member of AIM the American Indian Movement and he also does a lot of like um, environmental activism and, and a lot of powerful stuff they were able to shut down a uh, desalination plant in California that was just going to leave over massive amounts of, of toxic waste from the desalination. I'm all for desalination if we can do it um, ecologically, and so is he. He says, I'm all for it if we can do it ecologically, but unfortunately that wasn't going to be the case with this plant. So he was able to shut that down, um, and he's doing a lot of good work. The, the, the fucked up part is, is a lot of the social justice warriors and, and the people, all these, these the, the alphabet crew, um, they go in acting like they care about these environmental groups, but they go in to try and make things politically correct, and they make everybody, you know, they, they, they try and cancel culture people within these movements. A lot of these people are powerful people that have gotten a lot done for environmental activism, but the cancel culture uh, will cancel you if you don't, you know, properly pronoun them and all this fucking bullshit that these fucking weaklings try and force on people. So what they're doing is they're coming in acting like they care about the environment, but really they're just there to um, police the language of people. And they're, they're, they're potentially ruining environmentalism. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is an inside movement, you know, a paid uh, socialist movement, Marxist movement, purposely going in to destroy these, uh, these uh, environmental agencies, these true environmental activisms. And so I got to go hang with my buddy, and he also does a lot of, like, homeless outreach, and we got to um, feed the homeless people and um, uh, help them out. And uh, the reason why I'm telling you guys this is not because I'm trying to fucking brag about this. I'm talking to you guys about this because we as a humanity need to start doing shit like this. You know, uh, it, just because I don't agree with a lot of people doesn't mean I'm going to be... Um, outwardly mean to them. I, I may get pissed off on my platform and talk bullshit about them, but um, that doesn't mean I'm going to negate their existence or that I'm going to throw the baby out with the bath, bath water. Because me and a lot of my friends, we don't agree on a lot of shit, but um, they're good people, and I love them. And, um, you know, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bath, bath water. But if it is a movement that I abhor and I'm, and I'm really against, yeah, I'm going to speak my mind on that, and I'm going to tell you how I feel about that. Um, so anyways, we need to help 
our fellow man because we're looking at a time when we're going to deal with food shortages here real soon. Um, they've killed like tens of millions of chickens because of this speculation of bird flu. For me, it's 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 a controlled killing. It's to raise it's it's to um, increase the the price of meat and poultry and eggs because that's what they want to do. They, they want inflation, just like they're doing it with the gas, um, and and they're doing it with processing plants all over hundreds of processing plants globally now. You can look all this shit up. Uh, go to Ice Age Farmer. Uh, go to uh, Shit Hits the Fan. Let's talk about it. He's got a channel. You can go and you can look this stuff. These guys provide citations. They provide the documented evidence that this is happening. Now, you don't even need them to provide it because you can just look at the inflation in the markets right now. You can look at the price of eggs, the price of meat, the price of milk, and all this stuff because it is a controlled killing. The, the 10,000 cows that they say died from a heat wave in, um, in, in Kansas, where I'm at right now, it, it's so funny because I wind, and ground, wind up in ground zero during a lot of this shit. I was in Texas when the Uvalde shooting happened. I was in 45 minutes away from Uvalde, right, when this shit happened. And now I'm here in Kansas by where the, all these 10,000 cows supposedly died from a heat wave. How come nothing else died from a heat wave? Huh? How come the birds didn't fall out of the trees from a heat wave? How did these cows die from a heat wave in the middle of the night? They supposedly died from a heat wave in the middle of the night. Let me tell you, I was in Texas when the cows died from the heat wave up here. Way fucking hotter in Texas. And what's Texas known for? Longhorns. Cattle. Amazing that all these cows didn't die in Texas, huh? They died in Kansas, two states above Texas, in the middle of the night, right? I'll tell you what kind of heat wave they died from. They died from direct energy weapons. If you don't want to know what direct energy weapons is, look it up. It's what started all the fires from fucking Washington down to California. Why? Because these fucking scumbag elites like BlackRock want access to the land and property of California, Washington, and uh, Oregon. So they're going to burn these people out of their houses and homes, and they're going to buy that land up. That's what the fuck they're doing. Look up BlackRock, the Federal Reserve. Thanks, Donald Trump. While all you guys are complaining about what a racist and homophobe and meanie he was, you guys weren't talking about his allegiance to BlackRock, were you? Okay? That was Donald Trump's true evil. Right? So, um, anyhow, all this shit is happening with our food right now. And, 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 and then all these, these sheep just died from another heat wave. And you got NASA coming out. The Nazi started space program, right? Started by Werner von Braun of the Nazis. Started NASA with fucking pedophile-ass Walt Disney. And they're trying to tell, oh, yeah, it's a natural cycle. And there's going to be a lot more animals dying. Just like now all of a sudden it's natural for children to have heart attacks. That can't be from the vaccine, right? It's just out of nowhere it's natural to have heart attacks. And out of nowhere it's natural to have all these pandemics, monkeypox, and all this other bullshit. The fifth wave of COVID is going to kill everyone. and We need to put people in masks again. Dude, it should be painfully obvious 
what the fuck is going on on this planet? But to some people, it's not. They think, oh, it's just, just the way it is. And they're in their 40s and 50s, and they think this is normal. It's like you went your whole lives without wearing a mask, and now all of a sudden you're the mask fucking marauder? You better get it together, dude, if you don't see what the fuck's going on. Hey, you know who wears masks? Slaves. Look up the history of slavery and masks. Look at Islam. Look at the way they treat women out there. They're in masks because they're slaves. They're second-class citizens. Wake up, guys. That's what the fuck is going on. They're letting you know when they go to the elites go to their parties and all the people that are working there are in masks. They're letting you know the elites don't have to wear masks. You're all in masks because you're fucking slaves. Get it through your thick head, dipshit. Man, it pisses me off. Hey, and, and, man, and, and I forget the guy's name, uh, the dollar vigilante, and like he said, fuck it, let's have this genocide. I'm tired of these fucking idiots. And I'm kind of at that point, too. If you are speaking out against the Jedi, the conspiracy theorists, fuck you. I can't wait for nature to catch up to your ass. And I know it sounds mean and harsh, and I'm tired of it, dude. They're holding us back. If we didn't have these fucking retards willfully throwing themselves in, in front of the government, like legitimately, like defending the government, like willing to die for the government and big pharma, right? And it's, it's 90% of it, 95% of it is the left. And I, and I, guys, I don't think the right's much better politically, uh, but the base of the right is at least awake. I think a lot of the Trump supporters, they liked what Trump was doing, but they didn't necessarily trust him. And a lot of the people that really paid attention to Trump now believe and know that he was in on the New World Order swindle, too. When you sign BlackRock over to the Federal Reserve and BlackRock's buying up all the shit and you give Bill Gates $10 billion and you fucking keep Anthony Fauci on the fucking payroll, and, and you become the world's largest vaccine salesman, chances are you're part of the fucking problem, okay? Oh, well, he had to do all that. No, the fuck he didn't. I thought you guys wanted freedom. That's not what freedom is. He had to do that. Having to do something is an infringement on your freedom. Now, if you have to do something for legitimately the betterment of Earth and humanity... That's a different story. But that's not what this was. We all got coaxed into our own slavery, and we have the left defending slavery. Meanwhile, they're simultaneously complaining about what, what the slave used to be. It's like, how can, you how can you be so against slavery but support your slave master so hard? It's just the most, oh, it's maddening. Bring on the genocides. I said, fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's get nature out of the way, man. Because, you know, if it was 200 years ago, these guys wouldn't have lived past 15 years old. They're too stupid to survive. But, Jeremy, they, they got brainwashed by the school system and this and that. Yeah, that could have happened to me, too. It didn't, okay? And, and if you haven't seen the swindle in the last two years, you don't fucking deserve to be around anymore. You're just dead weight on the human race. Period. Anyhow, I got to get on the road, guys.
I know. I always get, I get worked up. You know, I just get so damn charged. You know, I don't know what it is. It must be my foolish pride. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, love, healing, truth, mind, body, spirit. Hey, and I know you guys can say, oh, you're a hypocrite. You know, saying you want the, the human race to get genocided. Hey, man, we're eternal beings. And sometimes love is tough, dude. I'm all about tough love. Because tough love is what woke me the fuck up, right? All this soft, fucking Mr. Rogers, Disney fucking love, to me, always leads to fucking pedophilia and spoiled brats making laws to, to, to help the fucking slave masters. And I ain't down with that shit. So, tough love, mind, body, spirit, we out.